Welcome to the Commission Breadth Podcast, a mortgage professional's complete guide on how to successfully scale their business and not fall into the trap of commission breadth. And now your hosts, Brandon Love and Tom Moffat. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode four of Commission Breath. Brandon here with Tom. And Tom and I were just kind of shooting the shit before we hit record. And we were thinking, okay, we're kind of halfway through the year. We've gone through that May, June mortgage Christmas chaos period coming into the summer, which historically for our business is a little bit more quiet. We have some time to reflect, maybe a few beers on the dock or sitting at the cottage with your family where you're just kind of thinking, okay, what worked in the first half of the year? What didn't work? What are you looking to change, put into place and kind of where's your head at halfway through the year? It's been a crazy year, a lot of rate movement, a lot going on there. So I think it's a good time to kind of catch our breath and think about what's coming next. Yeah, I agree, man. And like you said, we were chatting about this for a while. And every episode we chat about, okay, what are we going to chat about today? Like we we don't really have it structured where we know exactly what we're going to talk about today. And this was an easy one because both of us are thinking right now in our business, like we're kind of just recalibrating, reviewing everything and going over the game plan for the rest of the year. Like we're pretty much at that halfway mark. We're a bit past the halfway, but for us, we're recalibrating and just restructuring how we're going forward with generating leads. We're reviewing our client journey. We're reviewing how we got those leads in, how the mortgage process went for our clients. So we're going over all of that right now, like you and I, Brandon, in each of our businesses. And we'll kind of touch base on that today and go over high level, like what worked for us at the beginning of the year and what kind of was a bit of a struggle for us and the ups and downs, because let's face it, it's not all rainbows every single day in the mortgage business. Like it's a battle, man. I felt that early on in the year is like business was coming in and I was super busy, but then it's like, man, I'm so stressed out because I'm so busy. And then you get that roller coaster of the business, right? You get stuck in the business, you do the underwriting, then you get quiet again. So we'll uh, kind of dive into that a bit. Are you the same? For way? sure. Yes and no. Like the roller coaster this year, I haven't had it so much. I've been pretty much steady january was maybe four or five files and then from there i've been to that eight to ten kind of range each month so it's been steady in that respect but i have had the roller coaster of emotions for feeling like frustrated at times to elation and that kind of thing more so which has been a bigger mindset struggle than a production struggle Yeah, I would agree on that. And I would actually say for me too, it was more so a mindset versus file roller coaster and lead roller coaster because so I hit my first 10 closed mortgages a month and I was super, super pumped about that. But my mindset at the time, I was just burnt out, man. I was like, I actually let off the gas because I needed to just recompose a little bit and it was worn out by the end of the month. So it was more of a mindset thing for me than anything. For sure. And that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, You grow up to a point, you put your team members in place, and then you grow a bit more. And then, you know, team members, in my case, leave or don't work out. Or, you know, you outgrow that system and you need to start building up another layer in order to reach the next rung. And also at a certain point, like both of us have young families, there's a yin and yang balance and more of a harmony in your business. I think you try to seek where you're like, I don't want to be grouchy with my family or overwhelmed or like sitting on my phone all the time. But then also as someone who's driven and wants to achieve growth in business, 
the angel and the devil, one of them's like, just go back in the office. Who cares? Like, it's hard so. to get that even keel balance, man. I find as entrepreneurs, something's always going on up here. You're always thinking about the next move or like something in your business. Maybe something's worrying you about a mortgage file, but maybe it's something you're just so excited about doing the next day. I find that's just the hamster wheel in the entrepreneur. It's just trying to tame that a little bit. And for you or anyone listening, if it's taking the summer off, not off, but just kind of cooling it down a little bit, that's okay. As long as you're not just being completely away from your business, of course, like take a couple months to chill a bit. That's all right. Yeah. I think one of the things that really helped me was, you know, you have these big goals. So you start your year with my goal is X and halfway through, you know, that maybe you're hitting it. Maybe you're not for one of my two, I'm hitting it. The second one, probably not at this point. But then to look backwards and say, what went well? What steps did I take that were effective? And also to look at previous years and say, if I looked through the lens of who I was at this point, would I have considered this year a success? And one of the big questions for me is, did I try my best? I ask myself that every day. And for the most part, most days I do. Obviously, yeah. you know, you're going to have your day, you cut out early and push out a call, whatever, that's life. But as long as you're trying your best and you're seeing forward momentum, it's been a tricky year. So if you're seeing forward momentum this year compared to last, you should feel good. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of that, like for your success, the first half of this year, what is something that stands out that you want to now repeat going into the second half of the year? So I think my follow-up systems with my realtor partners and my other industry partners have been great. That part I've really dialed in. My communication with clients has also been pretty good for the most part. That session we did when we spent three days in Kelowna in January, I took a lot from that and put that in practice. And I think that's helped me. I passed my 2022 sales so far and total mortgage numbers. I'm trending very well there towards my goal. And I think a lot of that was just the steps I put in January, there was like the non-negotiables and I did the boring piece over and over and over again. The point I was like very bored in my business. Yeah. I remember you coming to me with that. I remember like, man, things are going well, but I'm actually like feeling bored. It's kind of a good thing because then you know, you're doing something right, but you don't want to be bored all the time because then you're not going to have that motivation. For sure. There's definitely an art to staying focused, but then also not removing them. So I still do all of those steps every day. And it's tedious. And a lot of the time I don't feel like doing it, but then we have layers like the podcast. We have things like lead vine where it's kind of like that mental stretch and it just keeps me focused and present here. So that was a big piece. I think another piece too, that's really changed my business is how I kind of triage files. Now I used to kind of treat everyone the same. And I realized that like my A clients or sometimes getting C service because I was treating my D clients like A clients. And I don't mean this from like A or B lending or from a mortgage size or anything like that. I mean more so triaging on prioritizing the clients who are getting you documents and respecting your process who are committed versus yeah. just like, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, this is a big file. I'm going to treat it this way. So I've totally gotten rid of that now. I now go basically who's working actively and who wants to work with me and I give them priority in my day. And then if you're someone who hasn't submitted the document and you want an answer, I'm just saying, Hey, you know what, this is what we need to move forward. 
when you have it, we can have that conversation. Yeah, which is nice because when you start getting busier, you have the ability to do that. So for you, let's just say I'm a client and I'm dragging my feet on stuff. I've gotten you maybe a couple of documents here and there, but I still have an outstanding list and it's been say a couple of weeks. How many outreaches are you doing to that client before you say, okay, that's it for me. I'll put you on some sort of list to maybe follow up on in a couple of months or whatever. Like what's your process there? So if it's a pre-approval client and they won't give the pieces, I'll do a few kind of like maybe once a week sort of thing and say, hey, this is what we need. This is what we need. At a certain point, this is what we need to move forward. Without it, there's not much I can do for you. If it's a active file and you know we have a lender commitment, I'm typically sending a Google Doc every three days that just highlights, here's the conditions we have outstanding. Here's the step you need to take on how to satisfy it. And this is why the lender needs it. And it's all in one Google Doc. So I'll just pretend you're my client. I'll fire you a quick email. Hey, Tom, hope all is well. Just sending you the updated list. And it shows the client in like three color codes, what they've submitted to me, what's gone to the lender and is pending, what's been accepted and what they need to action. Nice. That's solid. So you have that in place then, which is great. And that's something I'm working on is really having a structured follow-up process. I don't know if it's a bad mindset to it, but I was always under the opinion of I'll reach out to them once or twice. And if they don't want to get me the documents in, they're not committed. So I'm going to move on. Whereas some people do have things going on in their life where they are committed, but they just have to put it on the back burner for say a couple of weeks. So that's something I'm definitely working on right now going forward in the second half of the year. For sure. I think you can't really see it, but it's written on the wall there. The fortunes in the follow-up, there are going to be clients that grow cold. You don't know. They could be vying for a promotion at work, putting in some extra hours. That's going to push them over the level on what you need on the other side. They might've had a baby. I've had clients who've, just gotten sick and like lost the email. So like things happen. So I think you don't want to be wasting time on it. Yes. But you also don't want to put zero time towards it. And I think the bigger piece to having that kind of checklist and where things are at is to let your partners know. Because I think a big piece, especially right now, is partners are going to send you referrals, hopefully. And right now, not everyone's going to qualify and things aren't going to work out. And you have to let that partner know why that is. And for some of them, the update I give the partner once a week is, hey, like Tom isn't sending his T4s. I need the T4s to get him a pre-approval. So the ball's in his court there. And they might call me and say, hey, Tom said he sent you everything. I said, well, no, he hasn't sent XXX, triple X there. If he hasn't sent that, like there's not much we can do to go forward. And so a lot of clients will just tell the realtors, hey, I sent him everything, but it's not the right things. So at least now you have this accountability within that triangle of the relationship. Use your realtors. Use your realtors. Because a lot of my realtors now, they're amazing. And they will say, okay, this client's struggling with this one document. And I'll tell them exactly what we need. And the realtor says, I'm going to go pop by there. I'll scan it in at my office. So you have the document there. And it just, the process is so smooth and it feels like a team win at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that I adapted early on this year. And then when I got busy, I kind of veered away from it, not by choice, but just because of the busyness. But what I was doing and what I will be implementing back into it was a weekly update, just like you're doing, but it was more system. Well, I don't know how your process is, but I had it systematized where I would send 
a screen share of all of the leads from that specific realtor that say, hey, this is where we're at in the process. This is what we need. Or, hey, they're pre-approved still. This is the update. Like whatever a quick update is for that client, we're sending that through like a 30-second bomb bomb video screen sharing. So that was like a nice. super quick and easy thing for us to do. It's harder when you have more realtors sending you like one or two leads a month because then it's like you have all of these videos to do. But if you have your core like five to 10 solid realtors who you're getting those multiple leads from, it's very easy to just bang off all of the leads and say, hey, here's where we're at. Yeah. So I tried that as well because I know that you shared that with me that you were doing that. What I did for a bit was a document where I would just write some quick notes, but I found it was a little bit clunky going back and forth. So now I just have like a master lead checker and it has the referral source. And then I'll just kind of go down and it has a status of where people are at. So like discovery call, application in. And when I call the realtor, I'll just go, hey, Tom is here, Bridget's here, Livia is here. And I go through the list of where they're at and they might say, oh, you know what? Update here from our side, they've gone cold on us. So I just update my sheet at that point. And it constantly evolves, but it's very easy for me if someone calls spontaneously to just pull up that sheet and know exactly where things are at. Yeah, I like the calling aspect too, because it's another reason to call your realtors and it could be quicker. So I'm going to dabble with that as well and see which one works. But I think the main thing is keeping your realtors updated on a weekly basis because that's one of the biggest pain points that realtors have that nobody's really talking about in the mortgage space. Like usually we talk about obviously communication, that's like a broader thing and closing the file, which is a must obviously, but nobody's really talking about that one pain point where realtors really want to know where their leads are at. They want to know like, Hey, what's going on? Like I gave you this lead and now I haven't heard from you in regards to where they are. For sure. And there's a lot of time in some cases between when they've given you that lead and when that leads closing, I have one closing at the end of July. That lead was from last August. So yeah, it's a very go. long process. And we pre-approve, updated them all along the way. But that's kept them active in our place too. They haven't gone and shopped somewhere else because it's just, just refreshed this couple of things with Brandon. So it's going to lead to wins, even if it's not immediate. And it does also create that kind of experience where, you know, just like mortgage brokers and agents, realtors are always talking to each other. And they will be like, oh, my mortgage broker shit. Like he didn't yeah, give me any updates exactly. or he dropped the ball on this. And if you're communicating, it gives them something positive to say so that when someone says that, they can be like, hey, Brandon and Tom always give me an update. Here's their contact information. So it's just going to compound. The only thing, and I saw this on the our Hermosi podcast this week, out of the ways to attract business, the only thing that really compounds is word of mouth. So if you had to one last client or one last realtor you could ever work with, how would you service them? And that's a frame that I'm going to be reflecting on over this kind of quieter summer period and taking it into the fall for how I treat my client journey, my realtor journey to just like blow it out of the water. Yeah, it's funny, man, because obviously Hermosi has some gems in there. And I think it was another episode that I listened to or, or YouTube video from him. And it was along the same lines. like customer service is number one. And it's like, man, like it's right there in front of us. Just service the heck out of your clients and realtors and business will come. Because exactly. we all know like in Canada, we're not in the online advertising space. Like some of us are, but I mean, for the most part, it's a referral based business. How do those referrals come in? By servicing the heck out of your clients and realtors.
So for sure. Um, and you can do all that online marketing. You can still have all those pieces. Yeah. But you can have an amazing business just referrals. Oh, easy, easy. Hands down. So like, are you taking anything out from your process or any of your lead gen ideas that you had in earlier in the year? Are you taking anything out or is there anything that didn't work that maybe you're trying to tweak to get better? Yeah. So I will be getting rid of like that video ask renewal form thing. I had, oh, yeah. Out. Yeah, yeah. I think Wiley had shared that strategy on one of whatever somewhere. And I tried to implement it. It got a few responses, but nothing really of substance and I just found it was kind of clunky for me. So I think I'll be taking that out of the process, just kind of simplifying what I do. And beyond that though, I didn't add anything out of this world. I stuck to just using my phone, you know, following up that way, outbound calls, a little bit of social media posting, not crazy in that respect, and just kind of sticking to the basics. Love it. Basics, man. That's it. That's all you need to do, especially in this market. Like just pick up the damn phone. <laughs> We've heard exactly. so many times. Just do it. Exactly. And I think there's times that you and I, we both have talked about this where you're like, man, I don't really want to call that client that took the variable rate in 2021. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of sit on it. And one thing that really changed for me recently is I just practiced a script over and over again, what I would say if like a client was pissed off at me or if a client had this like negative reaction to me and it just eased my anxiety around that conversation. And now I've been having those interactions and kind of chasing them out because it's such a different mindset to have. So I think some of those things that might hold you back from picking up the phone actually are the reason that you do need to do it. And going into the fall, if you've held back because you're scared of rates or you're scared of what's happened in the market these are things that are outside of your control you can only give the best advice with what you have at that time and at the end of the day the client has to live with it and you have to live with it and just keep going forward yeah you can't shy away you can't hide like now is the time to really go all in on it and just face your fear yeah you're gonna have some awkward conversations for the most part for me everyone's been pretty receptive and they get it they're just happy that i'm in their corner and i'm still reaching out to them because I think if you hide, that's the worst thing you can do right now, especially for your variable clients. They need someone, they need support. So don't be that guy or gal. For sure. You don't want them going to like, you know, the news. <laughs> They're in yeah. the worst place. I mean, that's worst case scenario. Exactly. How about you, Tom? Is there anything that you're taking out or adding back in? Um, adding back in, I would say we chatted about this. So I went back and I was like, okay, like, how did I get to that month of 10 closed mortgages? Like what brought in all of those leads and closed deals? And usually it happens in like 90 day cycles, typically in sales cycles, especially in our industry. So what I looked back on was last, I started in, I want to say I started doing a hardcore realtor outreach in November of last year. And my goal was, okay, you know what? I want to get to a list of at least 100 realtors who I've pitched to. So I did that and I just did the follow-up. I did some consistent follow-up. And that's where I started getting leads flooding in and deals just becoming live, like instantly. Not instantly, sorry, like all at once. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. So then what I'm doing now going forward is I'm still doing my outreach to realtors, my realtor partners. I'm still doing all the good stuff. But now I'm going to do another series of that. And I'm probably going to add another 100 realtors on. 
So I want to get to hundred, sorry, 250 realtors who I've pitched to. And from that, I just nurture the heck out of the ones that I've connected well with, you know, the ones that are, you know, closing business and really just do the basics, man. That's it. That's all I want to do. For sure. And I think you touched on a good piece there to nurture the ones you connect with. Because I think a lot of what stops people is they say, okay, I've met with 20 realtors and now I have to call these 20 realtors every week. It's like, no, you don't. You met with 20 realtors. Yeah, exactly. Maybe five or six of them you felt you had a connection with. Call those ones. The other ones, if you really want to follow up with them, great. But if you felt like your businesses don't drive or personalities don't drive, you don't need to force a relationship. There's plenty of fish in the sea. There's a lot of mortgage brokers and agents. There's a lot of realtors. There's a lot of files getting funded. You don't need every single one. Nurture those relationships you like. Exactly. And to be quite honest on that, like my follow-up was dialed in, but I wasn't doing many calls. Like what I did was I pitched to them and I followed up with video, text, emails. And for me to do calls to all a hundred, like to, for me, like the busyness that's going on in my life, I just can't do it. So it's like, okay, I got to do something. So what does that look like? And I do my Friday emails with the video. I do a text follow-up the next day. And that was pretty much it, man. Some voicemail drops here and there. And yeah, essentially that's what I'm going to do this time. Only I'm adding in those phone calls now for this new list that I'm going to do. And one thing that I'm considering too, is like when I'm working with realtors and they're sending me leads where we have like active clients together, I'm on the phone call on the phone with them on a weekly basis anyways, like going over active clients. So I'm still connecting with those realtors who are sending me business. But now this time around, I'm going to add those phone calls into that fresh list that I'm getting. Yeah. I like that. And are you going to do those calls yourself or are you going to have a dialer model? So I'm going to have a dialer do the initial outreach to book the meeting. So I'm still going to have that in place because that's what I did the first time around too. So with that, the booking ratios are a bit lower. But when you come to the point where you've tapped into like your triangle of trust and like your warm outreaches, you have to go off of a colder list. So off that colder list, I have my dialer booking those meetings. And then when those meetings are booked, I take over. So I, of course, do the meeting, the presentation. And from there, I do my follow-up sequence and continue that myself. So I'm not having her doing the outreach after. Yeah, nice. I like that. I think that's a good way to do it. Kind of take over the journey once you've established that relationship and have the rapport there because it's only going to build over time. Yeah, and I guess another added piece to that is I'm adding in one new value add for realtors that I'm pretty excited about. So I'm doing that and I'm just tweaking a couple of the value adds that I have right now in my presentation. So I'm really looking forward to doing that. And really, I was doing the presentations to the realtors. I was really dialed in and just meeting with them and just pitching them, which was great. But I think this time around, I'm going to shorten it a little bit. And I'm going to just have like a longer conversation with them before I get into the pitch, just to get to know them a bit better, take more notes. So that gives me more ammo for follow-up calls. So I think that's what I'll be doing. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. I love to hear the things you're putting into place. And I know from January when we did this, it's going to have a great impact on both of our businesses. So just curious to know what listeners are doing themselves. Are you taking some time to reflect on your business, to tweak things, to enjoy some time with family? And if so, what are you implementing? And do you do this historically? Because I found that I did this in December of last year going into January. And then 
that January meeting really ramped it up. And last year, I never did a midsummer cool down period. I just chugged along through. So I'm really curious to see how this impacts my business for the latter half of the year and look forward to reflecting on it with all of you going forward. Love it. Let's go. All right, buddy. Thanks, everyone. Have an awesome week. Cheers. See everyone. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production. 